It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to connect the dots between who we are as physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual beings. And uh, I always remind everybody, you know, we have been under a ton of stress for the last two and a half years. We had all of 2020, all of 2021, and now here we are in 2022. And, you know, the pandemic is kind of easing, but our stress level I don't think is easing whatsoever, because now we have what could potentially be, I guess, World War III between Russia, the Ukraine, what we're going to do with all these people that are seeking asylum, and so on. And then the gas prices are skyrocketing, along with everything else. So we are in a stressful life at this particular time, and it's been going on for about two and a half years. Um, For that reason alone, um, in fact, Melanie and I are going to be talking about energy in our show today, but one of the things that's so important for everyone to understand is what stress does to the cells in our body, because we are nothing more than a vibrational frequency. And so if we're not sleeping very well and we're stressed out 24-7, Um, and there's no real end in sight, and we typically, you know, check the news or check our pundits to see what they're saying, you know, that energy is not on a positive level these days. It's much more heavy, negative, destructive energy, and that's what it's doing on a cellular level to your body. So if you go into my website, which is synergyconnectionradio.com, you'll see a link to Boomers Forever Young. I've been their customer for five years. There's two things that you need to know before you know anything else almost about your body. And that is what is your level of inflammation because every disease begins with inflammation. And that test is a simple blood test. It's called a C-reactive protein test. You want your number to be below one and you need to know what it is because that is crucial to your health. Um, And like I said, with stress bombarding us 24-7, I think most people's inflammation level, unfortunately, is going to be far above that number one. I will tell you that in using these products, mine is a 0.3. So I'm feeling very positive about my ability to stay healthy, but I want everybody else to have that same ability to stay healthy. The other test that is crucial for you to know because stress does a number here, and that is your D as in dog three, you want that number to be above 70. And again, stress does such a number on us, I would imagine that most people are gonna be lucky if their uh, number is maybe 45, possibly 50. So you can change that by taking vitamin D3. That's our sunshine vitamin but we just don't get enough of it on a daily basis to keep our immune function as healthy as it should be. So your D3 number above 70, your C-reactive protein number below one. And they have wonderful videos in there. They have blogs, they have their own podcast, they have testimonies. So go check out the company. When you decide to maybe try one of their products, 
if you use my first name, L-U-C-Y, in the discount bar, then you're going to get $5 off of each and every order. The company has allowed me to do that. And uh, so I would encourage you to at least check it out and do your part to stay healthy. Um, our doctors can only do so much and the rest of it is up to us. And so look at your sleep, look at your stress level, look at your diet. Interestingly enough, one of the funny things, maybe not so funny for most of us, is that with COVID, everybody gained about 30 pounds. And uh, so, you know, going into their doctor's offices, the scales reveal what the stress has done because people were seeking uh, comfort food. And so whatever their comfort food was, normally that's high in carbs. And um, so there you go. Um, now they've got to lose weight to boot, another stressor. All right, so I have Melanie Starr back with me and uh, Melanie and I've done a couple of different shows and uh, she is a holistic healing professional and coach. And uh, she has 25 years of experience in yoga therapy and energy healing. And so we're gonna be talking about energy today and how that works for people. Um, it's in everything that is living. So whether it's the butterfly that's floating around above a flower or you know, a tree or laying in the grass and, and hearing the grass grow, uh, energy is all around us, but some of it is heavier and more destructive than others. So we're gonna talk about energy and how that impacts our body. So welcome back, Melanie. Thanks, Lucy, it's great to be back. Well, nice to have you again. I, uh, I know you're in Nova Scotia and I talk about someday wanting to come and visit. You're a long ways from me in Florida. Yes, but we're still on the Atlantic Ocean. Or maybe are you on the Gulf side? Uh, actually, I'm on the Gulf side rather than the Atlantic right. side. Yeah, we're on the um, uh, quieter side. Let's put it that way. The uh, yes. east coast of Florida is busy, 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 busy. And lots of traffic, lots of people. Um, but uh, we're on the west side, so it's a little calmer, a little quieter over here. Nice. nice. Yeah. So nice. tell me, um, from your perspective and what you're teaching the people that you're working with about energy, what are they beginning to understand? How does energy impact them? Okay, well, what I teach to my, um, my crowd, if you were, I primarily work with um, women in midlife who are going through divorce, right? Mm -hmm. Recovering from trying to rebuild their lives and pick themselves up again um, after a really devastating, you know, your life kind of implodes. Every aspect of your life gets um, changed uh -huh. when you go through a divorce at that age. And so the positive side of that is that it gives you this kind of um, blank slate to rebuild your life and to rebuild yourself in a new way um, as you know, if you get married really young and you're married with someone for all those years, 30 years or something, 20 years there, the energy of that person that you're cohabiting with has a big influence on you and your energy, right? right? Day to day. So now here you are, you have this big vacuum where someone's energy used to be, and now it's you. And I actually look at this as a golden opportunity to rebuild your energy and who you are like day to day on the planet, because you're not so influenced by another person mm -hmm. um, whose energy, depending on what kind of person they are, could be really wrecking you day to day. 
in terms of what you have to offer the world and even knowing who you are and being able to, to proactively manage your own energy at all. Right. So I look at someone who's newly single and say, this is a great oppor- opportunity to say, who am I and what do I want to who do I want to be and what do I want to bring forward um, as a human being, you know, a, a, a soul in a body moving through time and space on planet Earth, right? What kind of energy do you want to bring to that? And so when I talk to my um, community about energy healing, I don't just mean talking to them about, you know, going and getting Reiki, although I highly advise to do that. That's fantastic for trauma, any kind of energy healing like that, or a sound therapy, mantra, acupuncture, light therapy, all of these kinds of, um, even we talked earlier about Bach flower essences. These are all frequency-based healing modalities that people can access, but I'm a do-it-yourselfer kind of woman. And I like to teach people how to fish rather than say, go get a fish, right? So I'm talking to people about how to manage their own energy and to really understand what that means. And so I take it right back to quantum physics and the fact that as you talked earlier, not just everything alive, but actually everything is energy, Mm -hmm. that smallest level of um, the smallest unit of existence being the quanta, which can exist as either a wave or a particle. I'm sure you're familiar with this, like at that smallest level. And so it, 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 it can flow the quanta, it, it can it can solidify as a particle and it can collapse back into a wave, which is why. And, and as you probably know as well, like the Schroden, whole Schrodinger's cat and all of these quantum physics experiments where they show that human attention on the object of attention influences what's going on with those particles or waves and, and what becomes waves, human attention solidifies it into a particle. This is how we create reality, right? Like the idea of what you put your attention on right. makes it more solid, right? Makes it more real. This is why when we have an attitude that's more relaxed and neutral and sitting back, where things are more wavy, which represents more possibility because waves are more mutable than a particle. But the more that something is focused on, the more real it becomes. Do you know what I mean by that? Does that make I sense do. I, one of the yeah. things that I wanted to share, um, and then we'll go right back where you were. So don't, don't forget where you were. But mm-hmm. um, I remember hearing also about rice. I don't know whether you ever saw this experiment, but people could do it if they wanted to actually see it in uh, real life. And you take simple old like minute rice or any kind of white rice, and you put it in three different little containers and you separate the containers um, by sufficient space. So you don't line them up like right next to each other. You might put one in one room, another in another room and another one in another room. So with one of them, you choose to give it nothing but beautiful thoughts. You know, you're wonderful, you're beautiful, you're nutritious. I mean, whatever you wanna say to it every single day and you do this for 30 days and um, one of it you ignore. You just leave it in the room and don't do anything. And then the third one, you tell it all kinds of awful things. Like you make me fat, you know, uh, you're no good. Uh, you know, I should be eating brown rice. I hate you. you, you're awful, yeah. Right, yeah. and then yeah. you look at what's happening to the rice. And the one that you gave nothing but positive messages to remains white. The one that you ignored begins to turn brown and the one that you gave all kinds of destructive messages to 
actually begins to turn moldy. Wow. And that is a lot of what we do to our bodies internally, cellular wise, is when we are living in nothing but negativity and stress, which is why I said what I did in the beginning of the program with nutrition is if you're not giving your body anything but negative images and all kinds of stressful thoughts, you are in, in essence, destroying your body, much like the rice that you gave all the negative messages to. So it's no surprise that people with their, their weakest link, if it's cardiovascular disease, if it's diabetes, if it runs in the family and you've accepted that as your uh, design in life, that I will be diabetic, I will be uh, a victim of cancer, I will have cardiovascular disease because it runs in my family. If you're giving yourself those messages, that's what you're setting yourself up for. Absolutely. Absolutely. It just, when you were talking there a second ago, it reminded me of a quote from um, a, a good old vegan cookbook, cookbook from the nineties. You probably remember it diet for a new world, John Robbins. Uh-huh. But I remember um, the uh, quote that was at the front of it that he said, it's better to drink or to, to eat Franks and beer with thanks and cheer than sprouts and bread with doubts and dread. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's, <laughs> that is a great right? quote. The That's idea awesome. that your your emotional energy about the food actually yes. is going to influence how that food interacts with your body to nourish you. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Like your positive acceptance of the food and, and appreciation and gratitude and sort of welcoming it into your body as something that's going to nourish you. Right. Is, is that not the reason in some ways? I mean, if you think of the French, you know, they can have butter, they can have red wine, you know, they start drinking red wine when they're kids, creams, and it never, ever affects their health. Um, But, you know, I mean, they, they live long lives. George Burns, what did he live to be 103 or something and smoked several cigars every day and drank, I think every day. And so it's, it's the way we consume things. If we think I'm doing something harmful, then it is going to be harmful. And, uh, you know, and maybe you look at that piece of chocolate fudge cake and you know that that's pretty decadent, but if you only do it occasionally, it's not going to hurt you. Yeah. And if you enjoy it so much, the better, so much, the better. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have a thing. So way fudge, better. Chocolate <laughs> fudge cake well. is why I, I gave that as, because I love chocolate cake. <laughs> yeah. 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 So the energy, so I start with, you know, the discussion about um, that, you know, everything is energy. And therefore, so are we, mm-hmm. and that different emotions have different frequencies, mm-hmm. right? right? And the frequencies of our emotions affect the functions of our cells, as you were saying before. And are, are you familiar with the Hawkins scale of consciousness? Professor David Hawkins, have you heard of his work? I don't think so. It's fascinating uh, because he talks about, he has done a lot of research over the years and um, you should look him up. You might really enjoy it because the, like he has graded all kinds of different emotions and states of being by their frequency. And the 500 is the level of love, unconditional love. Everything above that is like very expansive and healing kind of energy. And then below that, like you get levels, like most people in our society are down under 200. This is the typical functioning where people are functioning on things like um, fear, greed, competition, anger, jealousy, revenge, desperation, like all of those kinds of, of um, like heavy, darker 
you know, contracted emotions. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it's not, I mean, people like the economic deprivation and, and systemic racism and all kinds of aspects, there's structural aspects of, of our society that make it more difficult to manage your energy. It's, you know, I don't want to sound like elite. It's like, if you've got lots of money, it's much easier to manage your energy than it is if you're struggling to survive, right? Like, And I'm thinking of all these people from the Ukraine at this moment. That, right, like, you know, where are they at? So they, you know, how can they manage, right? And I'm, so notwithstanding that sometimes things happen in life that are completely beyond your control and right. they are devastating, but you still have to manage your energy to get through those things, right? Right, right. Um, and then, you know, other than that, where we're actually looking at, you know, the folks that are privileged enough that we can actually be looking at um, self-realization in this lifetime, we hope, mm-hmm. right? Living into your true self-expression of who you are, living up to your potential, you know, what we came here to do as right. humans, right? And, you know, God help us, let's hope that we have an opportunity to do this as a human family, right? Um, and if that's, if more people, if fewer people were operating on these levels of greed, fear, competition, na 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 revenge, like think of all the emotions that are going into this war right now. Exactly. It's territorialism and, you know, revenge for past defeats and all this kind of stuff. Um, that kind of thinking is what leads to wars, right? That's a low vibration of being. Um, so people want to climb the ladder by, you know, this talk about how do you raise your vibration? Well, you have to work with your own personal energy. You can't, which could involve protecting yourself from other people's energy, Mm -hmm. the people that bring you down, people who are heavy, people who drain you, people who scare you, people who use you or abuse you, or any of those take you for granted, push you around, like whatever those kinds of things are, which is why it can be you know, I don't think about divorce as a problem. I think of it as a solution oftentimes, right? <laughs> and know? sometimes it is because they're really like very life-saving solution. situation. Yep. If you're living with somebody who's very heavy, then that's going to make it very difficult for you. But I do teach my clients how to cleanse their energy from another person's energy and how to protect themselves, right? So um, how do you tell them to cleanse their energy? Let's just talk about a little piece of this. So if I'm working with someone one-on-one, I do invoke Reiki into the session, even though we're working with EFT, usually emotional freedom techniques, tapping, but it does come down to visualization exercise of imagining yourself. So if you sit nice and tall and with your crown um, lifted and your sitting bones um, solid on your chair or your feet on the floor and imagine that you have that you have light flowing through your crown, right? And that that it's a powerful energy visualization when you're doing it after a session and you've moved a lot of energy because of the work we've done with tapping. And then you're bringing through this light that you bring down all the way through yourself, you know, down through your head, neck, chest, torso, pelvis, legs into the floor where you're basically like enlivening all the cells of your body with the light that you're bringing in imagining that light dissolving lower frequencies and then any residual lower frequencies can flow down out through your legs to your feet into the floor right which is like a giant sponge absorbs it grounds it like it's a grounding exercise a cleansing and grounding but i'll also get people doing um like qigong inspired kinds of movements where you stand um in a like a a hip width apart kind of stance with the knees a little bit soft and then breathe and bring your sweep your arms up bring your palms down in front of you, like with your fingertips touching and your palms facing the floor and 
moving the energy down with your hands as well into the ground. And I just imagine they could feel that for sure. You feel it. You do feel it. You feel it coming down um, and you just literally are sweeping and cleaning your own energy. Um, Also, obviously things like drinking tons and tons of fresh water charged in the sunlight, preferably, right? Mm. Maybe with a bit of Reiki in it, if you do that kind of thing, or you can put crystals in the water, touch of salt, that kind of thing. Uh, Cleansing with lots of water, lots of showers, time in the sun, out in the breeze, like time outside, time outside, time in nature. Crucial for cleaning, cleansing, getting to the seashore if you can, getting your feet in salt water, Um, even soaking your feet in salt water in your house. You know, those kinds of things, doing mantra, um, singing, you know, any of those kinds of activities are really good for cleansing out your energy, right? For cleaning out your vibration or, you know, running, or if you're full of, like, I also get people in touch with their anger and all of those kind of things and learning how to channel your anger and express it in a way that you can actually dissipate and charge, dissipate and release that energy and move it out as opposed to keeping it suppressed inside and having it make you sick. Mm-hmm. Anger, I think, is one of the most toxic emotions to keep trapped inside, especially for women, right? Like we are socialized that our anger is not okay. You know, I'm going right? to give you an exercise that I learned right out of graduate school. I did a um, training with a Native American named Sunbear. He's now deceased. But he came to St. Louis and there were about 75 of us at the uh, St. Louis Botanical Gardens, Shaw's Botanical Gardens, which is a beautiful, beautiful location. But um, that was the first time that I had been introduced, let's say, to his kind of thinking, which now I embrace and I have everybody do. And, you know, he taught us to hug trees and to feel the different energy from trees because not all trees emit the same energy. And to be aware of that, we had to sit on the ground and it was in the fall. So we covered our legs and everything with leaves and, you know, just really immersed ourselves in mother earth. But the coolest thing, and he had psychiatrists that did this, uh, was that, and, and, you know, with today, I think you could do this with flowers, with a garden, but Native Americans, when they lived in longhouses, at the end of their winter, you know, they had been together in uh, communities, if you will, families, all living in these longhouses. And so you can get on each other's nerves, I'm sure. And so what they would do is they would go, as soon as the ground was soft enough, they would dig a little hole and they would uh, get down on their knees and they would speak into the hole, any anger, animosity, resentment, jealousy, all of the feelings you mentioned, they would speak that into the hole to get it out of them. And then they would plant something that was beneficial. So it might be um, a kernel of corn. It might be a, a flower. It might be something that was going to grow and produce something maybe good for them to eat or to see. And I think we could do that as an exercise too, as, as getting things out of us and into soil, mother earth can accommodate an awful lot. (laughs) And so, you know, it would accommodate all those negative emotions that you're carrying around. She can dispel it. And then from that, you know, put something positive in there. That's a good idea. Cause usually I have people do things like write letters and burn them. Mm Mm-hmm. 
yep. to dissipate the energy that way, which works as well. But that idea of putting it into the earth is also a really cool idea. Yeah. I do that with trees as well. I take my shoes off and I stand on their roots. Right. And feel the energy going. I had one right person that I was working with um, who had been abused and um, she brought a picture of herself from the age of her abuse and um, we burned it ceremoniously and released it into uh, the Gulf of Mexico. Cool. And so, you know, again, there's many, many ways that we can release, you know, that kind of energy. We don't have to carry it with us for a lifetime. That's right. It's true. Yes, absolutely. Um, oh, there's so many different approaches. There's so many different approaches. And you mentioned something that you said in your intro was really speaking to me as well when you talked about, you know, doing our best to connect the dots between mm-hmm. our physical, mental, emotional, spiritual selves. And, and I'm, I, as they were saying that, I was thinking, yes, this is so true. We are, we are multidimensional beings. Absolutely. Our energy is flowing through all of these dimensions, um, 10 of them, according to quantum physics, right? And um, working with energy is one of these things that it transcends all of those dimensions, right? Mm -hmm. And so, for example, with some of the work we've talked about before, for example, soul realignment, where you're working with someone's past lives. The thing that I do is I go back and I look at pe- the key choices in people's lives that have set up karmic patterns that are carrying through now to find out what energy they made that decision from, because that is going to be a pattern that they're still carrying through. Because if it shows up in my reading, it means they're still operating from that pattern, right? Right. And so you find out that people have made d- lots of decisions based on fear mm-hmm. or um, being manipulated. Mm-hmm. And so they're doing, it's really discordant energy, right? When you're doing something against your will and you're being forced into some kind of a contract or a vow, and you're basically handing over your power, right? Or if you're acting from the energy, an energy of obligation, or conversely, you could have someone acting from a different energy of irresponsibility. That's going to continue to play out as well, right? Right. So it's just important for people to, to understand where they're coming from when they make choices because the energy that you carry through in making a choice is the energy that's going to come back to you in the consequences right this is the karmic angle so if you're making decisions on fear you may think that you're protecting yourself but because you put so much energy of fear into a choice the consequences of that are more likely to play out in more fear right generating because like attracts like And whatever we're taking forward is like we're generating more of that. Exactly. Well, hold that thought for just a second. I'm going to break for a uh, moment so that we can have a word from our sponsor. And we will be right back, everyone. Are you feeling stressed and anxious about life? Have elevated blood pressure? Experiencing weight gain? Having problems with your immune system? Getting healthy and staying healthy is more important than ever, and it has never been easier when you have fundamental nutrition from Boomer Products. Restore the youth and vitality you are used to in just minutes a day. Check out our website at www.boomerboost.com to see thousands of reviews from customers just like you who are benefiting from Boomer Products. While you're there, check out our podcasts, blogs, and videos, and get caught up on the latest health news and information. Use promo code LUCY at checkout. That's L-U-C-Y to save $5 on your order. Stop existing and start living today with Boomer Products. 
Welcome back to the Synergy Connection show. And I have as my guest, Melanie Starr. And we're talking about energy and how sometimes our karmic um, consequences for energetic things that we've held on to can still be playing out in our life. And it can be from multiple lifetimes. Um, I know for me, I you had done a reading right. you know, for me and, you know, it showed that I was a healer in almost every single lifetime that I've had. I've always been a healer, but that doesn't mean that um, I didn't need to continue to work and heal myself. So I, right. I guess that's a part of what we do in every lifetime as we're continuing to work on us so that we can be further connected to the divine. I think that's exactly right too, that we are, when we, because we are healers, we're healing ourselves all the time. I mean, we're mm -hmm. healing our lifetimes to figure it out. It's like a, what's the, um, what's the key to this? How do we, how do we do this? And how do we help others learn how to heal? Uh -huh. um, yeah. How do we help other people find the keys within themselves? And every different person is going to resonate, you know, with something a little bit different too. Like something is going to land in them that they can work with. Right. It might not land in somebody else. So it's always really interesting to work with people and see what really kind of like helps them shift how they're moving forward. Like, are they very anxious in everything that they're choosing? Right. Mm -hmm. And think about, here's the thing about it, the way it's, and it really, it comes back to this point about trauma, which we've talked about before as well, and how difficult it is to make expansive choices on high vibrations, right? Like the more, so we talked about those low vibrations, which are contractive kinds of energy and then higher vibrations that are more expansive, like love and joy, freedom, um, self-realization, um, connection, you know, all of those kinds of, of, of emotions and how they are expansive. And how do you want to be in life? Like if you're expanding, you're growing, you're learning, you're connecting, as opposed to contracting, separating, mm -hmm. pulling in, uh, reducing your experience, reducing your connection. Um, so if we're trying to help people learn how to be expansive, but it's very, very difficult to do that if you're triggered, right? Right, right. If you're being traumatized and you're triggered, you go immediately into fight or flight. And that problem with that, among many other things, is that we lose access to our prefrontal cortex. We get into that fight or flight. Our front brain shuts down. We're operating from our uh, reptilian brain then, you know, our amygdala is firing. It sees threat everywhere. And it makes it very difficult to make these more, you know, enlightened, calm, rational kinds of choices or to move forward in your life because you're in fight or flight, which is why it becomes so important to heal trauma, right? And to help people learn to deactivate their triggers in whatever way. And energy healing is one of the really big ways we can do this because all of that contraction in someone's system from trauma, all of the negative energy basically that got downloaded on them from other people is really where trauma is coming from. Most trauma is people hurting people. Look what we've been doing since the beginning of time, right? right I right. mean, sure, sometimes it's a natural disaster, but most trauma is inflicted on one, on one human by another. Well, right? you only have to look at the Bible to see that. Right, from the very beginning. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's all of this trauma and it keeps us more, it keeps us limited. So we can work with energy healing to help us change those frequencies because that can, the, the fear is, it makes you contract, right? And so we're an energetic body and all of those frequencies, if they're contracting, if you just think about how water is and how water becomes, um, it contracts into ice when it's cold, 
and then okay. expands into steam as you boil it, like melt it, thaw it, melt it, and then boil it. If right. you think about energy the same way, that fear would be frozen in fear. It's that like ice, it's small, it can't move, nothing much can happen. It's not going anywhere, it's just there frozen. But then as there's healing that happens, it can start to, to melt and soften. Mm -hmm. Softening is very important. That's like neutrality. I think of like, like water, it's more neutral and it's not so stuck, it can move. Mm -hmm. And then steam, it's truly expansive, right? Right. And it reaches out into the world and it can have a bigger impact and all of that. And that's why people with higher vibrations also too, by the way, and this is one of the things that David Hawkins talks about is that a higher vibration person can impact millions of people. Like one person at that high level of like Jesus Christ would have been like at a 900, right? On that scale. Mm -hmm. And that kind of person can influence millions of people with their higher vibration, right? right. Um, people like Gandhi, people like the Buddha, you know, the Dalai Lama, people with our very, very, very vibration can have a positive effect on, they have a much bigger effect than a person with a low vibration, right? right. Well, just, um, I mean, if you kind of look at uh, going, let's say to the grocery store, something that everybody kind of does. Yeah. All right. So if you're walking into the store and you're upset by something that just happened or a conversation that you had, or, you know, whatever it might be that might be a negative emotion. And you walk into the store with that energy. I don't think people respond to you. They kind of avoid looking at you, what I've noticed. Yeah. And yes. if you walk in and, um, you know, you're upbeat, it's amazing how many people smile, how many people say, you know, so nice to see you again. Um, I have noticed personally, like, um, there's been a couple of situations in the last year and a half where total strangers have said things like, you give me such joy. I don't even know them, but they feel the energy coming off as a positive energy. Now, am I positive 100% of the time? No. You know, I mean, we wouldn't be human if we had that probably going 100% of the time, but you can recognize when you're moving into a less positive field and ask yourself the question, what is causing this? And yes. then what do I want to do about it? And what am I going to do about it? And mm -hmm. ultimately realizing that in any given moment, not completely, no matters what's happening. I mean, if someone is dropping a bomb on your house, then you're not going to be able to choose a different vibration so much easily. No, but in normal life, and I've, I find myself able to do this. I didn't used to be able to do this. I used to be very caught into my thought loops and I could stay in a bad mood. And, and then you think about more thoughts come into your mind that are similar and you start remembering all the other things that match that kind of vibration of frustration or irritation or whatever it was, or that person makes me so mad. Um, but now, because I've been working with this for so long, I can stop it and go, oh, just a second, look what I'm doing and go just a second and, and then just say, well, I'm not doing this because I'm, I have made a commitment to choose joy moment mm -hmm. to moment. Mm -hmm. So I try, I just, I literally go, Oh, <laughs> and I smile then. Right. And I just drop it. Just drop it. You and know, then somebody is not able to drop it as easily if they have the opportunity at that point to go walk in nature, you know, go hug that difference. tree. Um, and sometimes you, that's what it takes. It sometimes can take a shift. Like I've got to go for a walk right? or I need a little break or maybe make a phone call to someone who 
uplifts you. Right. Or maybe you change your, maybe you um, put on some uplifting music or something. Sure. Or, go dance in the living room for a few minutes. Yep. Yeah, go dance. Yeah. Or sing anything like that. Or, you know, do a few minutes of um, running in spot. Like it do, almost doesn't matter what you do as long as you just do something that signals a state change. Right. Exactly. To and, your body, something that makes your body feel different. And here's another point that I make that's to do with this, this dimensional being, this dimensional aspect, like our body at 3D, it's our, the densest aspect of our being. And so what we do with our body has more impact on the rest of our system than working at other levels. Mm -hmm. Like, so our thoughts are important, of course, but they're like at the 4D. Our feelings are more dense. They're, they're kind of in between body mind. They're at around like three and a half. Like they're kind of in between third and fourth dimension. They live in our bodies. Stuff we do with our body has a bigger impact. Like our thoughts can change like the wind. And if we can learn to manage them, we can make a big difference in how we feel because we're managing our thoughts. But if you're stuck, it's like we were just kind of what we were saying. If you're stuck in certain kinds of thoughts, trying to change your thoughts just at a mental level is going to be a lot harder than if you do something physical the density of your physical body, it's so influential about with everything you're doing. So this is why working with the body and healing is so important. Mm -hmm. Your posture, how you're standing. Just a second, am I, are my shoulders collapsed forward? Is my, is my neck down and my chin tucked and my diaphragm collapsed? So I'm wrecking my spine and I've got my heart collapsed and I can't take a proper breath and you know my heart is down literally. Well, what happens when I stand tall and straight and I lift my chest, I open my heart, I put my shoulders back, I have my crown lifted and my chin is up and it's, it's, it's confidence. It's, you know, you can project out there. You're not, you're like, you're open, you're ready for contact and you have this more like accepting open aspect to your being that invites in connection, invites in opportunities, invites in the light. But if you're collapsed on yourself, you're giving signals, unconscious body language signals that you're not open for connection. You're not open for opportunity, right? Right, right. That, that just simple energy of your posture, which is your attitude, right? And attitude, humongously influential, but it's not just a mental attitude. How you hold your body reflects your emotional state and your thought state. Mm -hmm but also you can influence your emotional state and your thought state by changing how you're holding your body. Well, and I think that recognition, I mean, uh, I'm going to come back to where a lot of people are today because they're so overwhelmed with finances and with politics and with world affairs and, you know, with everything. And they yes, don't quite know how to get to where they want to go. Yes. So like you said, it, it's important to break the thought process. So the first thing might be just recognize I'm not feeling well. I'm not feeling emotionally well, physically well. Okay. What do I need to pattern do? interrupt pattern interrupt? Yeah. Yeah. If I was going to put that something, a sign on my wall pattern interrupt, right? I'm in a loop now. I'm in a pattern of doing this must stop. It, yeah. And, and the only person that can stop it is you. Yes. And then do something different. 
-hmm. not just think something different or feel something different. If you want to feel something different, you're going to have to do something, do something different. And for your desk, you know, it might be go um, hug their dog, you know, go play with your kitty. um, Play with your dog. Yep. Play with your dog, go out in the yard, take your shoes off do some jumping jacks. I don't know, do something completely ridiculous, like roll down a hill. Like we did when we were kids. Remember that? (laughs) (laughs) Like skip with the skipping rope or just do something that's, you know, goofy. Like Uh, if it's still snowing where you are, go out and make a snow angel. Go out and make a snow angel. That's right. Or a snowman. Uh (laughs) Anything like that. Anything that connects you to your inner child. Yes. Yes. Very important. Right. You know, one of the things that became uh, extremely popular about the time that the pandemic was starting is adult coloring books. Yes, and I have a few. So, right. And so, you know, um, do some painting, do a, a do-it-yourself project maybe that's not too complicated where you get overwhelmed. Uh, pick up a coloring book, go get some colored pencils. Yep. Do, yeah, make some cookies. I don't know, like you just... You know, things that are fun and, and enjoyable and you have something that you can feel like a sense of make sure you give all cleaning your house is good too. too. Yeah, make cleaning sure you have cookies away, but too though. Otherwise uh, you'll be part of that COVID 30 <laughs> group. <laughs> so you know, finding yes. um your avenues that are de-stressing to you and then make them, you know, two or three or four that are go-tos. You know, if you can't go maybe outside because of the weather, then what can you do inside? If you don't um, have a a good friend to talk to for a few minutes, go talk to your dog. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's having it at the ready and and really knowing that they're your strategies that you're going to rely on, right? In the moment to say, yeah, I am not feeling well. I have no energy. I feel really, really um, stagnant, right? Like that's when you have to move your body. Mm-hmm. And it can be hard. I know that there's a lot of heaviness, right? There's a lot of heaviness right now in the world. There's fear, there's pain, there's despair. Um, and it can make you feel heavy in your own body. I don't know. Are you noticing that? Like, I feel, I feel heavy. Like, I feel like I'm moving a little bit more like um, through quicksand or something. Right. Or just this, this heaviness that's in the atmosphere. You know, one of the things that I think our world news needs to do, and they don't, they focus on the awfulness of the world. We need the good news stories. Yeah, I would love to see them somehow. I mean, I realize that they're uh, professional reporters that are looking at whatever catastrophe is now happening. So when it was, you know, COVID, it was COVID every night. Now it's the Ukraine every night it's gas prices every night or the cost of living or uh, here in Florida, we have a real issue with where people are going to live in, in general, because yes. housing has gone housing up 40 to yep. 45%. So, yep. you know, they don't have any place to go where there's not bad news coming in. So, you know, turn, turn off, off the, the news. TV. Yeah. Turn off <laughs> the TV, pick up a turn book. It off. Put your phone down. Mm-hmm. Don't people on your feed that are really negative uh, on your social media feeds. Um, you know, I find that Facebook right now for me is a positive thing because mostly the people are posting positive things and I'm trying to do the same thing. It's like, I want to go there to be uplifted as opposed to depressed at the moment. Um, I go check the news in a proactive way. I won't sit and watch it on TV for hours. Can't do it. I'll just go and 
quickly take a look. I want to know what's happening, but I can't dwell in it. It's like I can visit it, but I'm not going to live there. Right. My suffering does not help alleviate anyone else's suffering. Well, and that's the point is, is if the world news is so focused on all that's negative, what is that doing internationally on an energetic level? It is. This is really- and in terms, in reference to this, where I was talking to my partner about this last night, and uh, because I'm saying I'm setting the intention for, for me and I want to talk to other people about it and just set the intention that the truth is going to get out in Russia. It's starting to because there's there's people now trying to help their relatives in Russia understand what the truth is because they're being lied to constantly. Right. They think that they're rescuing um, Ukraine from a Nazi government. Right. So it's like I set the intention that the truth comes out into Russia, that they look after Putin themselves that they all lay down their arms and say, we can't, we're not doing this anymore. That people just say no. And that we can reintegrate Russia back into the world community. And people can kind of like explore the truth and say what's really been happening here. And just say, you know what, this is the 21st century. We have to say no to war. Right, right. And just that people are gonna just say, no, we're not doing this. These are our brothers. We are not doing this anymore. There was the cutest thing. I, I caught it on uh, LinkedIn this morning and I actually posted it, um, but it was two children, two little boys that would probably be about a year old. And one had the Ukrainian colors on his face and the other one had the Russian colors on his face, like painted underneath. And they both looked angry at each other and then they broke into a smile and they hugged each other. And I said, only children can lead the way at this point. Um, you know, we have to be thinking about what are we doing to future generations here? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It has to end, but it doesn't end by sitting here going, oh no, my God, the world is going to end. It's going to be nuclear war. The, what we were afraid of, what we grew up with in the eighties and all of that. It's mm-hmm. like, here we come, World War Three, mutual assured destruction, blah, blah, blah. Like I just go, no. My, I want my mind, I mean, I know it's a possibility, but I don't dwell in that. And I, you know, just fervently pray and just set the intention and just, you know, the whole world, if we all just kind of set this intention, truth to Russia, may they see what's really happening. May the people just say, we no, like, no, we're not doing this anymore. And just mutiny and um, say, we're not doing this anymore. And the, and the world becomes demilitarized. We need to de we need to demilitarize this right. planet, right? De-weaponize and change everything. And it needs to happen. And maybe this could be one of these cases where um, before something it's kind of like in healing, you know, you have to dredge up the darkest, dirtiest uh-huh. parts of your shadow uh-huh. in order to heal it. Right. And it has to come up for healing. Well, here we have a war bringing up what's what's up for healing, right? In, in the human psyche, war has been just a feature of humanity since the beginning of time, but it's, it's done now. Like it's really, it's past, it's really past its due date, you know, <laughs> it's past <laughs> itself. And uh, we have to change this as a, as a global society, a global human family. And, uh, but sometimes it's like, we get reminded that here it is, how are we going to heal it? So it puts it onto it's, it's on our attention in a whole new level. Now we can't turn away from it. We can't pretend it's not a very deep, dark aspect of the human psyche, but how can we heal? Well, love is the only answer, right? Right. I mean, you know, love. That is is the only answer. And I think our animals have taught us that more than probably humans have taught one another that. 
I have a mentor who fully believes that animals are what hold the vibration together on the planet. <laughs> well, animals, animals really understand love, you know, at least dogs. <laughs> you know, I mean, they do. I mean, um, I, they offer unconditional love. Exactly. And yep. so many of us as humans, it, it does have conditions. Yes. Or what, what's it, what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have to stop being transactional with each other, right? Everyone has to be able taking, stopping using other people. Like if everyone is responsible for themselves and knows that they have to be responsible for themselves and all of the consequences of their choices, stop trying to use and manipulate other people to, to your benefit, realize that they're a free soul and they're responsible. Like you don't have to fix them, but you can't manipulate them either. Right. (laughs) They were free to love each other. Right. Right. There is a um, it, it's like an acronym, uh, W-I-I-F-M. And uh, people tend to tune into that station all the time. And of course, it stands for what's in it for me. And right. that is a, a way that unfortunately, many relationships are built is, you know, whether it's uh, two businesses doing business together. Uh, they won't cooperate or collaborate unless there's something in it for them. And if, if, we, if that can be people coming together to say, how can we benefit each other? Yep. That's great. That's actually positive collaboration as opposed to what can you, what can I get from you? And the other one, what can I get from you? Which is right. kind of like an old contract of marriage. When you think about how marriage has been set up over yep. millennia too. And why, you know, I think that that's part of the reason why marriages are falling apart, like in the new world that we're in now, that it's just not that old contract, the basis of that old contract doesn't work anymore. And I think that's why a lot of them are falling down and we need a whole new model. Well, even a hundred years ago, you know, which isn't that long ago in terms of history, but a hundred years ago, women were commodities. And a lot of times Absolutely. it was structured. And so, I mean, you know, women needed men for like to provide and, and mm-hmm. for protection. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you needed children to run the farm. You know, you know, you needed children to to take over family like mills and farms and factories and candle making businesses or whatever it was, bakeries. Mm-hmm. You know, all that stuff in the much more. Um, like mercantile economy and the older economies. Um, well, even the royal that. families, you know, the royal families all over Europe, you didn't marry somebody unless there was a benefit to the country. Oh, that's right. A political or an economic benefit. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, transactional, transactional, completely transactional. So that's what I feel like as a society and humanity, we need to be moving away from the transactional mm-hmm. relationships, right? Absolutely. I don't know where we are in the process, but uh, it is where we need to go. Right. Yeah. Well, someone, you know, you have to have the goals. (laughs) (laughs) Human nature is what it is. And there's a big mountain to climb. Right. But you got to start somewhere. Yeah, you do. And that's by taking responsibility for yourself. Right. 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 And your own energy and your own consequences. Well, why don't you um, maybe share with everybody how they can be in touch with you if they would like to have you do any of the wonderful things that you do for your uh, clients? Okay, well, they can always email me directly at melanie at melaniestar.ca, which would be M-E-L-A-N-I-E at melaniestar, there's two R's in star, .ca. 
or if you are a divorced uh, woman or a woman who's contemplating divorce or going through a divorce or a big breakup, I have a, a free course um, Facebook group called Midlife Divorce Transformation. So if they wanted to find me on Facebook. All right. I'll make Facebook, sure they can find me on Facebook just as Melanie Starr as well. All right. Well, I will make sure that that information is on the synopsis uh, that gets posted with all of the shows so that they can contact you directly. And how's the weather in Nova Scotia these days? Are you moving towards spring? We are. Um, but this morning I woke up, it was actually beautiful. There was a light frosting of snow that was a sticky snow. So it stuck on the branches of all the trees. And there was this beautiful blue, blue sky with all of these like white lacy branches against the brilliant blue sky. So it was quite beautiful. Oh, I hope you took a picture. <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> but I just took a mind picture. <laughs> a mind picture. Oh, well, I think those are the kind that are fun to take pictures of and post, you know, let yeah. people know what it really looks like and for you to remember, because that was a picture perfect moment, so to speak. It was beautiful. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Melanie, for being on the show. And uh, we will see you again uh, the latter part of July. And Looking so uh, it. everybody go out there, please, and make this your best life. Uh, get in touch with Melanie if you want to get to uh, understand how energetically you can begin to change your life and change the life of those around you. And yes, change your and energy, change your life, and change the lives of everybody you're in contact with. Yes. Uh, I, I think it changes the life of the world if we really. It does. If everyone focus. is doing this work, if everyone was doing this work, it would change everything. Yes, it, it absolutely would. And so I think the fact that some of us are doing it you know, we are going to make a ripple effect. Is what it's happened. a ripple effect. Yes. Because as I was saying, like the, as people are raising their vibration, they have more positive influence on more people. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. All right, guys. And we're contributes to this. Go out there and make this your best life. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.